0: Listening to Living in Alignment podcast, the show that brings you deep and conscious conversations to live and grow in rhythm to your natural state. I'm your host, Ghada Khalifi. Whatever traumatic past we have had, we know at some point that in most cases, counseling or therapy can help us heal and feel better but who to turn to and what to look for. In today's episode, we tap into EMDR therapy with guest expert, Daniel Baibu Darwish and talk all about EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. We talk about EMDR facts and history and the healing power of this therapeutic modality. Daniel Baibu Darish is a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in three approaches, CBT, EMDR and hypnotherapy. She is also a certified professional coach specializing in life, career, relationship and positive psychology coaching. She is also an EMDR accredited consultant and a mentor coach who supervises trainees in both domains. Thank you for being with us. Grab a glass of water, and I'll be right back with Dania. Dania, welcome to our show, Dania. I'm really honored to have you on our podcast today. It's so amazing how our path crossed again, and I knew you since AUB and when I lived in Beirut 25 years ago. And also, of course, I've been doing your amazing work. Um, Thank you. Uh, are like unstoppable absolutely (laughs) and just amazing like you continue to show up to learn to evolve and you know like and and how you show up also to serve in the world like for me you're someone who always says uh yes to life and I (laughs) admire and respect so I'm gonna stop talking about uh, you know (laughs) introduce yourself to our listeners and to tell us about you, about your background and you how you came across EMDR Therapy.
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, it's a pleasure of mine really to be with you today and to spread the knowledge about uh, EMDR. Uh, I come from a business background. I worked for years in marketing and sales, then I shifted careers. I earned my master's in psychology and I had my training. I am now a licensed clinical psychologist. I specialize in CBT, EMDR, and hypnotherapy and at the same time I'm a certified professional coach from the ICF I focus on life, career relationship and positive psychology coaching. I do one-on-one work in my private practice I taught for years at AUB and LAU psychology as an instructor in psychology and then uh, I'm focused now on my private practice I do uh, training uh, in groups and I work mainly in uh, one-on-one I founded the Lebanese Coach Association some 11 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I was the founding president which became now the International Coach Federation uh, Lebanon Charter Chapter. I served as a board member in uh, EMDR Lebanon Association. I was the vice president and uh, I also served as a board member in the Lebanese Psychological Association. So I'm very active <laughs> in, in uh, professional associations. This is the first year I decided to be just a member. Uh, But I came across EMDR some maybe eight years ago. Uh, I had my training uh, in it and uh, I evolved into becoming an accredited EMDR consultant, meaning I I supervise those who are earning their uh, uh, certification as EMDR therapists. Uh, I'm also a mentor coach and uh, since I was introduced to EMDR, I was fascinated by it because it is very efficient and it uh, it has long term effects. Uh, and I'm a strong advocate of EMDR, which which stands for Eye Movement uh, Desensitization and Reprocessing.
0: Amazing, uh, Dania. I know, um, like your journey with all this has been it has been really. Um, uh, very rich. And I know you just mentioned the only the highlights of your training and expertise. And I know you've done many, many trainings that add to your experience yeah. <laughs> and how you show up. And I'm, I'm curious before digging into EMDR to know like about your being and what's happening in your word today in, in your own words. Uh, in Beirut, you mean? You know, like, the, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough question, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: because yeah. We, we're suffering here from collective trauma, mm. collective anxiety, mm. collective depression. These are very uncertain times. I mean, the whole world is fighting COVID-19 and we're, We're fighting COVID-19 as well as so many other crises, financial crises, uh, living crises, uh, you name it. (laughs) So so we really have to uh, be very resilient here. It's, It's so stressful.
0: I mean, you, I mean, as Lebanese, um, and and you are, I know that we are resilient. Uh, It's like, it's like our trademark somehow become, I don't know if that uh, is helpful at times. But I also know about your energy and how you what you bring to that really collective trauma and, and the unfortunate things that's happening in lebanon uh yeah. there's a sense of lightness and laughter and fun and and really positivity that you bring to the environment and people around you
1: yeah it's a coping mechanism that, uh, yeah, we have two choices either to suffer and whine or to keep going, uh, moving forward, and take things with as much lightness as possible. I mean, my latest certification was in laughter yoga. (laughs) I'm a certified laughter yoga because I thought it suits me well. It does, uh, laughter brings uh, a lot of health benefits on the psychological level and on the physical level. So uh, sometimes I do cope uh, with just laughing things out. (laughs) I mean, I don't like the alternative of, of depressing about things for a long time, I give yeah. that some space. There are yeah. times when I'm really sad about what's going on, really anxious, but I decide to shift uh, gears because um, I'm in this line of work where, where I need to be empowering others. So I, I yeah. work yeah. hard on self-care yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to be able to, to bring this uh, energy
0: and empowerment to my community. And yeah that's what you mentioned like self-care is important in in yeah. nurturing that and it's not something maybe some people think that as coaches or people in this industry of psychology and and counseling that they are immune to that it's it's really showing up with the practice to take care of yourself daily.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah we're often advised or else we would suffer compassion fatigue. <laughs> As 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 mainly psychologists, clinical psychologists, we deal with a lot of people who are in pain. So it has a spillover yeah. effect on us. So we are trained to take care of ourselves and to release the negative energy we absorb throughout our days. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely, another huge topic. Yeah, you know, I found Dania compassion fatigue, and this this requires another episode. So I wrote it down. Yeah. It's such an interesting topic. Yeah, but I, but I'm gonna um, take you to the EMDR therapy and explain to our listeners who have no idea what that means.
1: Yeah. Uh, EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. It's an approach to therapy uh, that uses bilateral stimulation of the brain. Uh, uh, At first, it was through eye movement. We move the brain, uh, the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere, the emotional brain and the intellectual brain uh, simultaneously, left, right, left, right, left, right, because this, this was Found uh, something we go through at night when we go through REM sleep. It's one of the st- stages of sleep uh, that's called rapid eye movement we start moving our eyes left, right, left, right, left, right. And it was found that uh, this is the time at night that our brains are very active. And uh, it's, it's uh, there's a lot of activity, but we have sleep paralysis. So uh, this movement turns out to be the healing time for our emotional uh, problems. Uh, meaning if someone dies, uh, the first while you'd be a really emotional very sad, grieving, that the emotions would be intense. But uh, a month later, two months later, things change. They say time heals. It's not really the time that is healing you. It is uh, your brain working at night to make you release these emotions. It's the time when you are trying to solve your problems, uh, processing whatever you go through. Um, If you're studying something, it's the time to put things in the long-term memory. This explains the high brain activity. So, EMDR were discovered by accident uh, by Dr. Francine Shapiro in the late uh, 80s where she was diagnosed with uh, cancer. She went out for a walk, a one-hour walk, and when she returned uh, to her office, she realized that she is no longer distressed about the news of her having cancer. When she retraced uh, back what she did, uh, she remembered that uh, during her walk she was moving her eyes uh, left, right, left, right, and this is when it dawned on her that there is something about this eye movement, and she started the research about it. So with time, uh, the uh, research started documenting that uh, this eye movement uh, is is very efficient in releasing traumas, in desensitizing people from the aftermaths of uh, having a PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, So any stressful life event you go through, um, maybe you would go through a natural healing phase, uh, you would recover from it, but there are times uh, that that your brain gets too overwhelmed and it cannot deal with what, uh, what went on. Uh, so this is when uh, when we tell the client, remember what happens, and we start inuse, uh, inducing this eye movement. Uh, the, the client uh, starts. Um, Uh, becoming more connected to positive things that uh, were disconnected before we start the processing of the trauma. And eventually, there is a lot of release from uh, the body. Uh, The the emotions sometimes get stuck in sensations in the nervous system. And you know you have uh, not processed an event when you recall it and you feel a negative charge in your body. So uh, when we do mdr this negative charge this discomfort you feel in your body gets released and we know we have successfully resolved processing the trauma when you're able to recall what happened and it doesn't uh, cause any discharge Mm -hmm. in your uh, body it you feel okay
0: yeah it doesn't have like it's neutral it becomes neutral to you
1: Exactly, you recall it, and maybe it will forever remain a sad event. But at least you don't feel the disturbance in your body each time you recall it, like mm-hmm. before.
0: It's amazing. So, so in other words, in my simple words, it's like taking care. EMDR is basically taking care of this overwhelming trauma that that sleep basically cannot take care of it on daily basis. Yeah, it's kind of exactly. like the negative negativity or the charge that that accumulated over time. And this is where EMDR becomes effective. So so Dania, what are the exact changes that happen to the traumatic memories when EMDR is implemented?
1: Yeah when when something uh traumatic happens uh and the brain did not process it the the, the memory remains there in your brain in its raw form uh, it wasn't digested by your brain so uh, it, it stays stuck there in whatever accompanying uh, uh, components that were present with it. So there, there is a feeling that uh, remains associated with it. There is a negative belief that remains associated with it. Like, for instance, the explosion that happened recently in Beirut. For many people, they did not overcome it yet. They, mm-hmm. they still have the belief, I am in danger, I'm not safe. And this explains why they easily get triggered whenever there's uh, there's thunder and lightning. <laughs> they get this starter response, mm-hmm. and uh, so the trauma remains stuck in the nervous system. And and uh, this is what explains the the negative charge because at the time of the event we get too emotional. <laughs> mm-hmm. We 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 may have chest pains or discomfort in the chest. The breathing uh, is different. So. The major components uh, that existed at that time remain present till now. When we do EMDR, when we induce this bilateral stimulation to the brain, it releases the emotions. And and there are a lot of ways to explain it if we go through neuroscience. The bilateral uh, stimulation decreases the activity of the amygdala. Which is mm-hmm. the alarm <laughs> in our limbic brain, the mm-hmm. midbrain it, it, it is set on every time you you are in danger, so just recalling the memory sets the amygdala on, but the bilateral stimulation makes this activity subside, and and uh, with time the, uh, the the trauma gets processed, digested. And uh, this is when I, I mentioned you, you recall mm-hmm. it and it's, it no longer disturbs you. So at first it was thought that the eye movement uh, makes the brain uh, process the, the trauma. But later on, when the research continued, they realized any form of bilateral stimulation to the brain. If I tap on your shoulders, right shoulder, left shoulder, right, left, right, left, right, left. It stimulates the brain similarly, left, right, left, right, left, right. So the emotional brain connects to the intellectual brain, intellectual brain and the processing is established. We use auditory tones sometimes, uh, also bilateral uh, stimulation. We use tactile stimulation. And uh, mm. you know, rather yeah. you're an athletic person when you, when you go on a treadmill and you're thinking about a problem and you're uh, 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 running or walking fast, It induces your brain to to work on the problem, which explains the processing that happens because many athletes, uh, they wouldn't give up that hour of exercise because they they end up resolving so many of their problems and uh, release their emotions through this activity of uh, walking or running or uh, any form that stimulates uh, uh, their brains as such
0: yeah it's amazing uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing how it works and make me think also about when you said the la- light uh, ref, left and right and integration of the emotional brain with the right brain and yeah. it made me think of things like you know tactile movement of any body sensations or things mm-hmm. like tapping or things sometimes I use it with my clients as a mental uh-huh. exercise which is, which is connecting the right and the left brain somehow is that yeah. It's kind of similar to what... what it
1: is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, we uh, often equip clients with uh, relaxation techniques that involve this tapping, slow movement, yeah. of tapping on the chest like a butterfly hug, for instance. Yeah. It is so relaxing. The slow movement enhances whatever good experience you're, you're uh, undergoing. The fast bilateral uh, stimulation releases negative emotions.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah. I've seen you, uh, you know, like doing workshops and on stages doing a lot of that that requires body movement and just like, you know, stimulating the body sensations and you're amazing yeah. in that. Yeah, oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, that requires another yeah. medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But before I want to ask you the other questions, There's, I'm intrigued to uh, maybe stop a bit and maybe give more examples of uh, like, kind of traumas and like I know you mentioned the Beirut explosion would you be interested to share with us like uh, some examples of traumas um, or collective traumas as well
1: yeah there are uh, big traumas uh, that we can uh, go through like a hurricane like uh, an incident a car accident a rape incident uh, the uh, war related stuff And there are little traumas, meaning disappointments from people, uh, betrayals of uh, some sort, (coughs) incidents that uh, that are not of the same magnitude as, as those I mentioned earlier, but their accumulation, uh, really compound to have a negative effect on the person, like for instance, emotional abuse, if a woman is married to a narcissist, for instance mm-hmm. she she would hear critical comments, she would be uh, manipulated all the time, etc so all these leave this woman with uh, a set of negative beliefs about herself like i 'm not good enough like i'm i'm a horrible person like i i uh, uh, I'm not lovable. I'm not likable. So, and incidents of bullying that the kids go uh, go through sometimes in school, um, teasing. That these are small traumas, but they have their effect, especially if they were continuous. So, eventually, many people would would suffer from anxiety problems or depressions or uh, post-traumatic stress, as I said, or. Panic attacks or a multitude of, mm-hmm. if you think about it uh, really well, yeah. uh, we, we, we mainly our mental health is compromised by the events we go through and, and uh, during our lives. And it's like many times we continue carrying uh, heavy baggage on our shoulders psychologically that affects how we deal with others, that affects our performance. I mean, this belief system, we often uh, talk as coaches about, about limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. In, in CBT and EMDR, we also talk about these, that if you have a belief, I'm not good enough, it is very unlikely that you will um, be fierce in your movement forward and take risks, or, and achieve, or or your performance uh, uh, will suffer if you have this kind of belief. While if you have a belief, I I am uh, confident, I I have power, I am uh, uh, very smart, uh, I am lovable. It makes our whole approach to life different. We move uh, confidently towards achieving whatever we want to achieve. So this is mainly what we focus on uh, during EMDR. Discover what the negatives beliefs are and dig back to the root causes. What are the events that caused us to have this belief? For instance, I'm unlovable. Mm-hmm. Many times it, we, when we dig, we discover the relationship with the parents wasn't good uh, relationship with students. So many times we require for clients who want to undergo a comprehensive uh, self-work, we we tell them just bring us a timeline of all your life events with its good memories and your bad memories. And note, write down only the bad memories that when you think about now, you still feel the negative charge in your body. You still feel discomfort because these eventually are behind uh, the continuous negative belief system we carry about ourselves.
0: It's amazing the healing power of EMDR yeah. and just like yeah. healing the traumas and its impact on our mental health, on our belief yeah. system, on how we show up in the world, on our relationships yes. as well. And I'm, I'm sure there's a tons uh, around work and, and, and career around that that affect, you know, our leadership and our career as well. Definitely. Yeah. So it's so um so, Dania, as a professional and a clinical psychologist, and of course a professional coach, um, what what are the signs or indicators that uh, alarm you so you can use EMDR with your clients? And how is it different from other therapeutic modalities?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what, my brain thinks EMDR now. <laughs> so whatever. <I> <laughs> Because we start, whenever I meet with a client, as they're talking, my brain is processing, <laughs> trying to find what is leading to what.
0: Mm-hmm. When a
1: client presents, we don't say what's wrong with you. We say what happened to you. Mm-hmm. So as they are narrating, um, uh, they're presenting problems and linking to it uh, their life story, for instance. I, In my mind, I, I conceptualize the case about... What led to what? <laughs> what mm. led to the, client, uh, uh, the client's negative experience now? This is how my brain now works because uh, the, the EMDR uh, has these fascinating results that if you dig for the root causes, you would have different uh, results. But this is not what I choose. Uh, because I have several approaches, I just... Give the options to my clients. If they're coming for coaching, I do not suggest uh, therapy work. Mm-hmm. If they uh, they came for therapy, for I, I hate to call it therapy. I just. Uh, uh, rather call it, if they have a psychological problem, uh, they're coming for counseling. Uh, I I, uh, explain that I have these three approaches. And many times I integrate, I use a lot of CBT before starting EMDR work Mm -hmm. because EMDR has phases. So the first phase is history taking and and stabilization and preparation. We provide clients with a lot of uh, tools to regulate their emotions before delving into traumas. So um, it is always the client's agenda. What is it that they want to work on? I have these options and I give it to them internally I, I feel I, I hope they they choose EMDR because it's fast it's efficient mm. and it, it has long term effects mm. so uh, given these choices it's, it's up to them what to use but uh, really lately I've been using a lot of EMDR uh, with clients and they love it, they tell me oh my god this is magic
0: yeah and because as you said it looks like really fast and work long term yeah. as well because you go you you really dig into uh, or heal the root causes and go to the yeah. uh, to the uh, bottom of you know the trauma or the issues yeah yeah so Dania, do, would you like to walk us through like what happens in the EMDR therapy session just the, like a highlight of how a session looked like for people who are mm. usually like really hyper vigilant and hyper rational
1: yeah the the first few sessions, as I mentioned, are typical of of uh, trying to know the client what are uh, their problems what are their resources equip them with more resources to help them uh, deal with upsetting emotions for instance uh, the the stage where we, we want to move to uh, processing memories uh, become more or less similar uh, in ensuing sessions for instance once we have uh, the specific stressful life events that the client wants to deal with uh, uh, the sessions become more structured, meaning we, we get the memory, we get the components of the memory in terms of the worst image uh, that the client, uh, if he recalls or she recalls, it triggers this discomfort in, in their system. Uh, they focus on that image and they, uh, we, we get the negative belief that comes with it. Uh, we get the alternative positive belief that they would like to have. Instead, we get the emotion, uh, the, exp- the feeling, uh, they are, uh, uh, the kind of feeling they are experiencing as they recall uh, that image. And finally, we get uh, to assess on a scale from 0 to 10 mm-hmm. how much that, that image or that memory disturbs them now. And once they have this, uh, the number, let's say seven, we ask them, where do you feel it in your body? And if they say, for instance, I feel it in my chest, take my chest, makes this tension. We start the eye movement or other forms of bilateral stimulation. So it's like, and we we go through sets. Each set is like 30 seconds, for instance. And each time we stop, We ask the client to report what they noticed. It should be brief. With EMDR, uh, we don't do a lot of talking. (laughs) It ampers the the natural healing process that the brain starts doing once we start doing emdr and so so, so
0: deep, uh, sorry danya but yeah, it made me yeah. think when you said like we don't make like there's not much talking somehow yeah. it made me think of some of the clients who come who are not really ready to open up and use their words and somehow yeah. it can be like comforting to do that yeah, yeah. some
1: people are yeah. are are ashamed to speak about details mm-hmm. so there are protocols we 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 call them blind to therapists i mean they can work on a memory that we know nothing about yeah. <laughs> and they yes. just yeah so yeah. and it works and it works if they're too ashamed mm. yeah so we keep doing this this process of uh, bilateral stimulation in sets of 30 for instance and each time asking the client what's, what's coming up now. Until the client starts reporting positive things in a row, like two, three, four positive things, this is when we check. Now thinking about that memory, on a scale from zero to 10, how much does it disturb you? We notice that as we do sets, the disturbance um, sli- uh, gradually uh, reduces, reduces until it becomes a zero. When they say it doesn't bother me anymore, it's still sad, but it doesn't bother me. This is when we know that trauma has been processed and the thinking about it now is more positive. So we move into what we call an installation phase. We ask the client to recall the memory and repeat an, a new positive belief like yeah. I'm safe now. And we do the bilateral stimulations to make the, this positive belief uh, more uh, ingrained. And then finally, we do a body scan. We check again, just in case there are some residues. Thinking about it now. <laughs> scan your body, your whole body. Because we, we stress so much focusing on the body because the body keeps score mm. about all these traumatic material. Once this body scan is clear, it means uh, we're totally done. And uh, the next time I see the client, I re-evaluate. Uh, we ask them again, now when you recall that memory, let me know. And, and these positive words about yourself, I'm safe now. Is there any discomfort? Does it bring any tension? And they, most of the time they say no. And you know what, with EMDR, what I love about it Mm -hmm. is that it's take-home therapy. Once we start processing traumatic material and they go home, their brains keep working on on the memory for two, three days. saying you mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Sometimes we end the session with a disturbance of four, for instance, but they come the next time and we ask them about the memory memory, and they say, it no longer bothers me it's clear it's amazing it's
0: amazing
1: we think we just kickstart the brain to start uh, the natural healing process and it does the rest
0: yeah it's amazing like how it is fast and how like a session can be like it's always you're checking in and cleaning it's like the work Mm. is about making sure that this trauma is is cleared is is yeah. somehow and that is amazing power, which yeah. makes me think of uh, you know I don't know if I mentioned to you um, there is uh, this um, Gabby Bernstein one time like a few years back I heard her on a uh, talking about EMDR I mean she's a spiritual junkie what a, not junkie I mean she's a master she she probably wrote ten books and 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 worked through healing and therapy and she mentioned like just recently that EMD like she went through EMDR and how it healed her on another level and and hearing you now talk kind of through it uh, I see that power I see the power and the potential of of the healing power of EMDR it's beautiful yeah
1: For, for specific traumatic memories clients really are impressed for those with more complex presentation, there is what we call complex PTSD. Mm-hmm. Those who, are, uh, who experience sexual abuse, emotional abuse, violence for a long time, these require, require longer duration because these can present with more uh baggage <laughs> like dissociation baggage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there are dissociation uh, cases and uh, it requires a lot of preparatory work we don't uh, delve directly into the trauma mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So yeah, so so like where can people start especially in this uh, uh, you know year of digital uh, world and existent is EMDR effective uh, online, on Zoom? Yeah, yeah.
1: We we actually started doing online EMDR because Mm -hmm. we found ourselves having to. So And it works wonders uh, online as Mm -hmm. well. Except we are careful. We don't start directly. We need to check for dissociation. We need a lot of preparatory work, uh, especially for people who dissociate. Uh, So, but it's working really well. We send a link. I personally send a link to my clients that uh, that, uh, they can uh, open their laptop and they can focus their eyes on a ball, a red ball or a blue ball that moves on the screen, left, right, left, right. And it comes with auditory tones. So if the client prefers to have auditory bilateral stimulation, it can be done. And we teach the clients to do this uh, bilateral stimulation to themselves just to to have the options of different modalities online.
0: Amazing. Amazing, yeah, yeah. Dania. That's amazing. So let me know like, what, what is the best way for people to... are. Uh, Contact you where they can find you for this for EMDR or different modalities.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all over the place on social media. Uh, My name is Daniel Bebuda Ruiz. I have a website. It has all my contact information. It's www.strides-ddd.com. So it has all the information they may need about me. And uh, I'm always accessible through email or um, I prefer phone calls than texts.
0: Oh, okay. good, good. Okay. okay, we'll make sure, um, yeah, I'll make sure to have all the links on the website and on social media uh, when okay. we- the episode hopefully next week. And Danya, before we sign off, though, you know, it's so enriching and it's amazing and so fulfilling to be with you and listen to you and hear your experience and, you know, your expertise. So, you. before we sign off, what does living in alignment mean to Danya?
1: Living in alignment, for me, it means you are actually uh, living your life according to what you value most. There is a lot of conflict that can ensue if you don't live uh, according to uh, what you cherish most or the guiding principles in your lives. For me, um, um, I I do value uh, humans and helping humans. So... I find myself i'm I'm really ecstatic <laughs> at what I do. I love what I do, so professionally uh, I think I'm living the life I really want uh, and I enjoy it it's draining sometimes <laughs> but but i it's so rewarding
0: yeah, we talked about the compassion fatigue right so yeah, I know yeah. that, but but Tanya listening to you and watching you over the years and and also knowing you like the word that comes to me uh, about the way you live your life is embodiment, really. So you embody what you preach and you walk uh, you walk the talk, as they say. Uh, yeah, to- thank you. Yeah. So again, I really appreciate you spending the time here. And um, thank you so much, Dania.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you, Rada, for this beautiful initiative.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've got something interesting to share, tag us in a post on Instagram or comment below. We'd love to hear about your takeaways. I'd be grateful if you head up to iTunes and give us a rating. Also, who do you know can benefit from today's episode? Faith forward. Share the link. Thanks for listening. This is Ghada Khalifi signing off.